I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. You wanted more? Here's season four of the Connor and Smith Show. What's that? Uh, intro music? Oh, so maybe if we did intro music for this guest, it should be like. Okay, so we are talking. We are talking today to Marshall Palet, um, composer, lyricist, uh, an amazing person all around, actor, performer, uh, everything. Um, he, he he is one of those people you meet. And it's just like an immediate light, an mm-hmm. inspiration. I don't know how he even contains all of his uh, imagination and creativity, but you're going to hear all about that. Yeah, we're going to take a break and we will be right back. back. Oh, hello. Hi, Marshall. How are you? Oh, hi, gents. Are, are you both there, Steve and Matt? Yes, I am here with my co-host and husband, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, y'all. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like, all day I've been telling everyone, I'm going to Steve and Matt's show tonight. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm thrilled. I've been doing squats just to make sure I'm like fully awake for you. Like, I am ready to talk about whatever you want to talk about awesome marshall we, we, we've been doing squats too yeah yeah oh that's great we should talk about squats should we talk about squats for 45 minutes yeah absolutely absolutely cool we're also joined by our producer ryan halbrook hi marshall hi ryan um i ryan will just like fact check you know the show yeah he's our gelman yeah um listen what, get on google what is up where are you calling us from uh, i'm in nashville today um visiting uh family and so that is where i'm calling from are you from nashville no i'm from i'm from maryland what part of maryland so i'm a potomac boy i was uh i grew up in potomac um and i would have gone to churchill but moved to new york city when i was uh 11 and have been there ever since oh nice i used to work was it churchill i worked at what, what was churchill's rival do you remember no. Okay. <laughs> I worked at one of the high schools out there. It's been too long now that I'm ancient. But um, anyway, <laughs> well, um, you just you just had an addition to your familia? I did. Yeah, we have an eight-month-old. Uh, it's cool. It's fun. It's, it's scary and fantastic. But yeah, he's, uh, we just put him to bed. Um, and yeah, so we have a kid. That's what we're doing. So as a creator, you have a brand new creation. That's right. The most important one yet. <laughs> That's so amazing. Thanks, Al. Has he just completely changed like every day and every night? Oh, I'm sure like the, the lots of nights have changed, but is it just a brand new experience? It It is. It's like a video game where, you know, like every two days there's a new level, you know? So like at the end of the second day, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get how this level is played. Like you wake up at six and then you do that and then you nap at eight and then you do that and then like yeah okay i've mastered it and then he does that but he can't do that and then uh you know the next day the level is completely different 
the schedule is completely different. Everything has changed. Everything goes forwards. Everything goes backwards. Um, but uh, it's 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 cool. I mean, it's like you know, I'm I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I mean, obviously the pandemic was was awful, but you know, one of the silver linings for us is that we've you know we've been home basically or with him the entire time for his first eight months of um, uh, of life, and I think that that's not true. Uh, for a lot of people today, historically, it certainly wouldn't have been true for us in a non-pandemic times. So, so it's it's that's been a kind of a blessing of this whole disaster. And being and being with kids or being working for something for kids to watch is not something that's brand new to you because you also have worked on some um, creative projects that are uh, targeted just for kids, right? Yeah, I have not not in a hot second, but. Um, I spent like I I I, uh, I co-wrote songs for a, a Veggie Tales movie, um, and uh, I, I wrote. Um, let's see, I have two plays that are are licensed by like middle schools and high schools. One's called Everyone Gets Eaten by Sharks, and that is written like for high schoolers or middle schoolers. Um, <laughs> Everybody gets eaten by sharks. Yeah, so it's it's uh, ten kind of vignettes that always ends with everyone getting eaten by sharks. Every vignette does. Um, and the lesson is like, you know, everyone gets eaten by sharks, but um, it's it's narrated by these two uh, people. And I think that it's been, it's been a while since I read it, but I think that like one of the hosts is trying to like offload a timeshare that he bought, like a bad investment on the other host um, is like the little <laughs> subplot that's going on with the host. And, and like, when I wrote it, I was like, kids are going to hate this. Like, this is, who is this for? Like, this is for me. I was probably 27 at the time and thought it was funny. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's probably my most uh, licensed thing that I've done. Everyone gets eaten by sharks. I think that sounds amazing. Amazing. We're going to do it in our living room. For real. You should do it. You should do it. It's quite stupid, but you know, it's a good time. Um, before we get to how you and Steven met, uh, why don't you take us just on a little documentary of uh, Marshall leaving Maryland and what what did you always have the little artist inside or how did you find that um, and then through your schooling and everything what was your journey yeah totally um, uh, yeah I, I my parents weren't uh, show people uh, by any means um, but I was always just kind of drawn to you know when when we would watch like the movie musical of Oliver or uh, the movie music. It was just Oliver. When we would watch Oliver, um, I would, uh, I would, you know, sing and dance. And um, I always kind of entertained people. I would put on little plays in our basement called, uh, we called it the Paylet Playhouse. And from a very young age, I just was a kind of a ham. Um, and so they were, uh, though they knew nothing about it, they, they put me in, you know, like after school, you know, theater kind of stuff, you know, um, that, that kids do. And, um, uh, I don't know how it happened. Um, but eventually I got like a, like a kid agent, maybe a, a, a kid agent saw something that I had done some local something. Um, and, uh, I was in a production of Oliver, like a dinner theater production at, at Toby's y'all, y'all have, I'm sure you've worked at Toby's, right? Oh, yes. yes. Were you part yeah. of the Leslie Townsend, uh, agency? Oh yes, I was. Of course I was. See, it's all coming full circle. There you go. That's how it works. Um, and and from, or maybe actually I was in that. Maybe that's how I became part of the Lindsay, Linda Townsend agency. And um, from that, I I auditioned for uh, The Sound of Music on Broadway. They were uh, replacing 
their uh, their first round of kids who had who had gotten too tall. Um, and I got it. And so I, you know, was uh, 11 uh, on Broadway on in a Broadway show. And um, eventually the family, uh, you know, we all moved up to New York. And and I think that my parents were looking for a for a fresh start. Um, I don't think it was necessarily, you know, just for me to do my thing, but I, I, I did Broadway shows. I was in uh, uh, a handful when I was in middle school. Um, and, you know, if you needed a boy soprano for your workshop or reading or show or whatever in New York, uh, between the age, you know, 1999 and 2001, until my voice changed, like, you know, I was your guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, then my voice changed and, you know, no one wanted me anymore and I don't blame them. Um, but uh, and they got eaten by sharks. <laughs> everyone. So here's the thing is that every single person in my life has been eaten by a shark. That is that's my backstory. Um, that's my trauma. <laughs> um so um so so yeah so I, I went to uh LaGuardia High School which is like the the fame high school you know um uh I was a drama major uh studied acting and um you know I was someone who who came from a musical theater uh background and and um I considered myself a real pro you know here's this guy who'd been all this Broadway shows and now I'm in like acting class I thought like my shit didn't stink. And I had this great acting teacher named Mr. Schiffman who just like kind of dressed me down and put me in my place and, and, and taught me how to act. And so here I was this person with this um, musical theater background, but was studying like, you know, Shakespeare and, and, uh, um, and so I, I, I kind of think like from that moment, I was someone who was raised with both like, like glitz and, you know, like kind of like, Razz and also um, like structure and substance. And I think that those two pillars have kind of defined the way that I've seen myself and my place in this industry um, as I continued writing and directing. At that period of time, I was also like dancing. I trained at the School of American Ballet in, in ballet um, and I started writing music too. Um, so I ended up going to, uh, uh, I went to Yale and I was a, a music theory major and I ended up uh, leaving that department because I was uh, not uh, very good at it. And I was a philosophy major and I started directing um, plays while I was there as well. And um, then when I, I left college, I was like, I'm gonna write musicals and I'm gonna direct straight plays. And like, that's what I'm gonna do. That's what my life is gonna be. And pretty soon thereafter, I met Steven um, uh, at the DC Fringe Festival and with this show that, that kind of uh, changed my life. And, and uh, I guess maybe we'll stop there and talk about me and Steven. Yeah, while well, you guys talk about what all that, I, I remember seeing the show. Where, what space were we at? Uh, uh, the Studio Theater first. That's right. And then the Warehouse Theater. That's right. Um, so uh, Marshall, like I, first of all, uh, even just getting to talk to you again, it's just such a treat. Um, I know, it's been a hot second. The Super Claudio Brothers was the the cast. First of all, it was like Sam Ludwig, yeah. uh, Chris Swanigan, Lauren, um, Lauren uh, uh, Williams, Lauren Williams, um, Gia Mora. Gia Mora was it? It. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Anyway. that's right. Chris Sizemore. Um, yeah, like all of our friends. It was an incredible cast. Yeah, that all got it. You know what I mean? Like we all kind of 
drank down this moon juice that you gave to us <laughs> yeah and got like collectively high on this video game parody musical together um it was it was a magical time so for those who who didn't get to see it back at the fringe festival in 2010 20, 2010 yeah, yeah um yeah it it is basically a uh, i'm trying to walk a fine line with linguistics and legality um, why don't you explain what uh, the show is, Marshall? Yeah, I mean, it was basically, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mario Brothers in Existential Crisis is basically what it was. Um, but, you know, it wasn't Mario and Luigi. It was it was Claudio and Luis um, and Princess uh, uh, Poinsettia is what her name was in later drafts. Was it Princess Poinsettia at the time? I can't recall. Yeah, can't me neither. Recall. Me neither. Um, and, and the bad guy bruiser was a, a, a purple uh, fire breathing platypus. I should say that that was um, uh, uh, my co-writer on that. His name was Drew Fornarola. Um, awesome guy. Shout out, Drew, if you're listening in Buffalo, Drew. Yes. Um, let's go Bills, Drew. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, it was a blast. It was a video game musical from the perspective of the video game characters. Like they didn't know that they were part of a video game. They didn't understand why certain things, you know, seem to be outside of their control and question what happens when you get a game over and, and all of these things. And, and Steven played uh, Claudio who should have been the lead, but um, it's the story of, of the player two character who's always wanted to kind of like step into the, into the spotlight and, and be player one. And then very conveniently for him, Steven's character died halfway through. Yes. And then, and then, uh, and then I got to be a potted plant. Yeah. Then you got to be a plant. And, and by the way, you were a sexy plant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I still remember it. I think that you, did you wear like a, like a, like a porn stash? Like did you have yeah. a mustache, right? hundred percent and glasses. Cause we didn't want it to look like Claudio, you know? Right. And then no one knew. <laughs> Nobody. No Nobody. one had any idea. Oh my God. The, um, the, the, I always recall like my favorite thing about it was the almost on purpose slap dashness of like the cardboard um, cutout kind of things that it, it, it was, I know produced like on a dime, but it, I loved the, that aesthetic about it. Cause it felt eight bit. It felt like, on purpose you know what i mean yeah yeah it's like it's that thing that you do that that i always did and still sometimes do which is like if you have no budget then then don't apologize for it embrace it you know like make it seem like yeah no this is our choice that it looks like it was you know it's drawn on cardboard like it's a third grade uh art class project um uh and it, and it did and i think it i think it worked it was really fun and and i remember like some of the reviews that came in were like, they took the show so much more seriously than we did. They were like, yeah, this is like profound. And it's like this existential crisis. And, and we're like, oh, we just thought it was stupid, but I'm glad <laughs> you're having a, I'm glad you're having a good time. Um, oh, yeah. Will, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I have nothing to say. I, I was just, I was just going to say, I, rem I still laugh when I think about this. There was a very like existential crisis scene that, uh, that Claudio had with Luis where they're just yeah. sitting down talking about life. And that's right. Marshall, you have such a wonderful gleeful insanity in some <laughs> of your choices. And you, we didn't keep this. And I, to this day, like wish we had, because it still makes me laugh 
were we were talking very seriously with each other and then you said what if you peel off your mustache and keep talking and don't acknowledge it and sam you do the same and i think we did it once we were crying we were laughing so hard because it it was just like don't acknowledge it just peel your mustache off keep talking and then put it back on and you're like no it breaks the it breaks the character it breaks the illusion I'm like oh god oh. that was brilliant um oh. the the other thing i remember um is if we had two shows um or or if we had i can't remember if we ever did yeah i guess we did a, a sit down for a little bit i remember having to leave that mustache on and go get something to eat looking oh insane <laughs> Looking absolutely insane. Um, and, and just it, just to be clear to listeners, this was not a good mustache. Like no. it 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 looked like a piece of like construction. Like you know, it looked like a bad Halloween costume. Like this was not an impressive piece of facial hair. No, no, and and on purpose. On purpose. And and Sam and I would go get like lunch together with our mustaches on <laughs> and hats on, looking insane and just not even acknowledging it just just going with it in full character um and then and then the the third kind of uh uh pov character um uh another princess who was on the quest she had a mustache too right like i think that she had a mustache for most of the show because mm -hmm. she she in order to blend in she likes the, the character like sewed a mustache on her face and she's immediately found out for who she is so her disguise doesn't work but she can't get it off because it's been stitched into her skin yep um, and then she had that mustache on for the rest of the show it was great yeah. it was amazing uh claudio had a moon juice problem that's right um, he was a, he was addicted to the moon juice uh so it tackled it was there were some after school special kind of moments absolutely uh, with the moon shoes but that show uh was like the huge hit of that year's fringe festival in yeah. dc uh then we kind of extended into the warehouse theater um it, it was uh it was the summer of the mustache uh yes. it was a very very fun time you we had jillian shelley i don't know if you recall her she was of in course. the ensemble of course she had a birthday we had a crazy birthday like luau birthday party for her at our apartment while we were in the run and oh, I remember that. Yeah. And you and Drew came and it was just the there's insane photos from that night. We limboed, like yeah. there was inflatable uh palm trees involved. Um you you guys could throw down. I can oh, you still can you still throw down like that? Oh no. Oh, oh no. no, 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 no. Oh no, no, unfortunately. Well, maybe. I don't know. We haven't really had parties in two years, so there you go. It's just been a, a like a, a, a mini party. Here. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, as soon as we can have parties again, we we should we should have a little throwdown. I'll bring my, uh, you know, little one, and uh, and you bring the palm trees. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, babies and palm trees. Let's do it. Ooh, that's um, a theme. <laughs> now, your writing partner on this project was Drew. Drew that's Polo. true. Now, did have you and Drew worked on other things since then? Yeah, we 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 did quite a bit after. You know, that so that summer I, you know, Drew and I did Claudio and then up in New York at the New York Fringe Festival, I um, with two other collaborators, uh, uh, Bryce Norbitz and, and Steve Wargo, we did a musical that we called Jurassic Park, the Broadway musical. Um, and that one went on to there were, you know, I think that we closed Claudio and I did Jurassic Park or maybe vice versa. It was like right next to each other. 
and and Jurassic Park went on to get option for for off Broadway under the name Triassic Park and and uh, Claudio got uh, uh, optioned by DreamWorks um, and so like that summer was this kind of explosion of like new activity those two shows led to the things that led to kind of everything that I've done um, um, since then but Drew and I were working. Uh, uh, at DreamWorks for, I don't know, uh, four or five years. We uh, did uh, the VeggieTales, uh, songs for the VeggieTales movie. We did an adaptation of uh, a Shrek Christmas special called Shrek the Halls. Um, so we worked together quite a bit uh, uh, after that. And it was because of Claudia. Wow, that's that's amazing. Um, Triassic Park, let's get to that. Oh. Can you can you please to to the listeners explain the the I mean we we get it. We know what it, it is, but there's more. There's a twist. Can you kind of explain Triassic Park with a cue? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's you know, it, it, it's a similar idea to to Claudio. It's like living in the same uh ballpark, but the idea is that it's 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 Jurassic Park from the perspective of the dinosaurs. And so you have all of these uh uh the plot of Jurassic Park is all of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park were bred to be female so that they couldn't procreate so they could have population control, but spontaneously because of like the frog DNA or something, um, some of the uh, dinosaurs changed sex and then they were able to uh, procreate. And we were like, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting story to have a spontaneous, unwanted um, you know, to have your sexual organs changed on you. Um, so that's, uh, that's the story that we wrote. Um, and it was, uh, truly stupid and ridiculous. Um, but, you know, had a similar kind of reception where people are like, this is really cool. It's, it's, uh, existential. It went on to, you know, go off Broadway and then, and then have, have a life. It's, it's, uh, it's in licensing. People do it, uh, around the world. And that's, that's, pretty cool something that started off as a really 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 truly stupid idea <laughs> it's it's uh i remember you telling us about it um when you were uh we were doing claudio and just laughing at the idea never having thought of of course the dinosaur's perspective of like oh my god my sex just changed yeah um that's it's so brilliant so was this uh, uh this style of uh, storytelling, is this also kind of what Who's Your Bag Daddy is kind of told in the same vein? Um, not not really. I think that that's <laughs> like, so Who's Your Bag Daddy was the next show I did. And I um, we did that down in D.C. And I wrote that with um, my dad uh, and and his his name is A.D. Pinedo. Um, and um, the idea behind that is it's um well, that show, it evolved so much from the Fringe Festival to when it was done off-Broadway a couple years ago. Um, but the idea is that it's the story of uh, how we came to think that Iraq had, uh, or Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, this incredible story um, uh, of kind of lies and deceptions and misunderstandings. Um, there's basically a guy um, who said... Uh, I built the weapons of mass destruction and, and, and I built them here and I built them this way and I built them here and I built them this way. And we all, you know, believed him and, and, uh, or, or some people, you know, claimed to believe him and said like, this is the smoking gun, this guy, he's the one who did it. 
But as it turns out, he he kind of read a theory paper that someone had written a couple of years ago. Of like, I think that Saddam Hussein has you know, weapons of mass destruction. And if I'm right, then I bet he did it this way. And I bet he did it here. And I bet he did it this way. And I bet it did it here. And and those same people who wrote the report when this one guy uh, said, I did this, that, and the other, like, oh, my God, that's what I thought. But it's just like this circular confirmation. It wasn't true. He, he didn't do it. Um, um, <laughs> and so... Yeah, it, it's kind of the story of a couple of characters who were responsible for for those events and um, and kind of our thesis behind that. What it ended up being when we did it off-Broadway is it was a support group for people who started the Iraq War. So the audience <laughs> walks in and there's coffee and there's donuts and, you know, the you know a person sits down and says, okay, well, thanks all for being here. Does someone want to get us started? And someone says, hi, you know, my name is Barry. I started the Iraq war. And the other actors in the room say, hi, Barry. And then she goes into her story. Um, uh, <laughs> and kind of our take on it was that these were people who they thought that they were just small little cogs in a big, powerful machine. And if they cut a couple of corners for their own benefit for their own personal benefit but they knew they were doing the wrong thing but it doesn't really matter because like how important is any one person well as it turns out like sometimes one person can be pretty fucking important um and um so it's about a bunch of different people like that and um it starts off like pretty broad comedy and gets pretty serious over the course of it and yeah so that's that's uh that's who's your bag daddy which for a while was like just my labor of love like the thing i cared about more than anything and it was it was off Broadway twice. It actually, it got two different New York Times critics picks, which I think, I don't know how many shows get that, but I'm proud of that. I, I uh, when I go to bed, I say, remember, remember Baghdad, he got two New York Times critics picks on separate <laughs> occasions. Do you, while you're kind of making your, uh, you're looking in the mirror and saying it very intently. It's and like I do, I cry. Yeah. I cry and I say, <clears throat> remember the time, remember the time. What, so that was, what year was that, Marshall? Um, that, the off-Broadway was, we did one in 2015, and then it came back in 2017. Yep, yep. Because I remember the 2015, uh, I guess I, I don't know if I knew it came back, but that's, maybe I did. I don't know. I remember Harry Winter would always tell me things about it. Yeah. Love Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of things are you working on right now, or you have been working on during the pandemic? Um, well, I've got a, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Um, again, like... You know, not to say that the pandemic was good because the pandemic was, you know, awful. Um, I was very lucky. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I was also lucky in that I got to spend time on things that I've been wanting to do. Um, so one of the musicals that I'm working on, it's it's hopefully my, my next thing I'm going to do that my next thing the world's going to see. It's um, based on the true story of a deaf sniper in World War One, a deaf Welsh sniper. And it uh, tells that story from his perspective using live onstage sound foley. It's called Private Gomer Jones. Um, and that's a show that I've been like working on with, like it's been like my lifeblood uh, uh, before the pandemic it was. And I've been able to continue working on it. And um, the next kind of development steps have been postponed a, a couple of times because of COVID, but we're, we're about to get back to it. Um, and then I'm working on another musical um, uh, that's kind of my, 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 hopefully my next one up after that, I'm still working on it, but it's called a girl and a boy dance. Um, and it's about, uh, uh, two friends who meet in a, uh, Virginia dance class when they're 10 years old and it follows them for 30 years going through multiple sets of actors, um, bluegrass music. And, um, 
the idea is that you know she uh, uh the girl caroline is this great dancer all she wants all she wants to do with her life is to be a great dancer and as time goes on it becomes clear like she's just doesn't quite have the greatness in that way that she was hoping that she would have. But the boy Mikey is a great dancer and he becomes better as time goes on. But all he ever wants is to be with the girl. Caroline is more than a friend. And as time goes on, it becomes clear, like she's just never going to feel the same way. Um, uh, and so that's, that's the project that I have up after that. And then uh, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go shoot a movie and uh, working on a, a, another movie. And uh uh, that's that's kind of the main stuff I got going on. So the the girl and boy dance, I had the pleasure, we both had the pleasure of watching. So you did like a, like a presentation of it, like a thesis, like ultrasound on it. Yeah, um, right, right, right. During the pandemic. Uh, yeah. And I don't know, like randomly I saw that, you know, it was happening and if you wanted to watch it, you know, sign up. Yeah. here do whatever and i was like oh yeah absolutely i want to i want to hear what's going on i fell in love with that score oh. and the storytelling um and you were basically like being your own like on stage guitar player like narrator dude right yeah 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 i was and i love that i love the <laughs> the manner of storytelling that that the narrative gives almost like his the the boy's um inner thoughts um it, it it's so earnest and honest that it just it makes me cry when I uh, hear it just with like not with like sorrow but with like we all identify with that kid you know what yeah, I mean totally we've all been there in that kind of situation and you kind of I don't know there's well there's something there's something so simple sometimes in a simple emotion that can become so complex and in that simple complexity I think Marshall, there's something in that that show that was almost indescribable because it was only felt. Mm -hmm. When you feel, when you feel like you connect so well with, um, I mean, everyone falls in love and everyone always wants to be, has dreams and ambitions. So it's very easy to just be uh, <clears throat> a part of that journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now also, I know that we only met a couple of times, but you also have a, an authenticity to you as a human being um, where you um, really understand how to mix um, humor and um, po politics and history and things in such a wonderful storytelling way. I'm just going to read this. I was going to save this to the end. <laughs> But I just, it just really moved me when I read this today. Yeah. That you wrote on the end of your resume, or at, is this from the website? Yes, yeah, from this website. <clears throat> this is from the Marshall Pellet we website. Yeah. At the very end of it, you write, through it all, I learned there must be musicality in drama and dramatic discipline in musicals. There must be childishness in serious stories and seriousness in stories for children. Mm. I've learned there's no excuse for unkindness towards coworkers, no space for selfishness, and most of all, no time to stop learning. And I think that that's just so fucking beautiful. Oh, thanks. You're going to be in a, you already are an amazing a dad, but what a great example just in that paragraph of how to 
um, harness your creativity and what you think of creativity just in those simple sentences. Thanks. 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 Wow. Yeah, I, I, uh, I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. And if you don't understand what that paragraph means, I don't want to be friends with you. <laughs> Fair. I should put that on a t-shirt. And but no, what you just said, if I don't understand, if you don't understand what that sentence means, I don't want to be friends with you. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, it's like, well, there must be childishness in serious stories, which you have done, and seriousness in stories for children, which you've done. And what you just described with this uh, military story is like, wow. I mean, I'm sure you have little elements of things in that. That's um, your your own martial way of storytelling. But you know, who is it? It was uh, was it Dolly Parton that said, you know, uh, oh, I think the best emotion is um, laughter, laughter through, through tears. tears. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you when you blend those things well together, and you know how to do it. Is that, is that just an intuition that you were never taught, but something you just kind of have always felt? I, I think, I mean, I, I would like to say yes, but I think that like in the, in the, the stories that I consume, like those are, those are the ones that I respond to. Um, you know, when I like, if I've gone through an hour and a half story or a two hour story and I've laughed and I've cried and I felt, and I've um, like, then that's a jackpot. Like that's exactly what I want. And I also know when I'm when I'm uh, watching something and it's just so serious. Everything is so serious. Um, even something about a zombie apocalypse that's so serious. Like I know that if four people were holed up in the zombie apocalypse, one person's going to be cracking jokes. I just know that in real life that's what it would be because like humor is a part of 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 uh, tragedy. Um, and there is uh, a beautiful tragedy in in in, in comedy. Um, uh, so that's the stuff that I like. And um, what I've been able to do, you know, in this pandemic, when when I haven't had to, you know, write this thing for that person and finish that assignment for that person, is like just write something that I would love to watch. Um, and and that's what you know the the World War One story for me is like God I would just I would love to see this and for Girl and the Boy Dance like that's what it was for me too I'm like I I want every song every scene every character every line of dialogue to be something that if I heard it or saw it I would be like oh God I love that um, and if I'm not loving what I'm writing then I scrap it and start over until I do um, yeah I I wondered when you were talking about the zombie apocalypse uh if you had watched any of this new netflix show all of us are dead so i was just talking about that today with someone i haven't watched it but to, should i okay this is yes um this is one of the things i like about it there is a lot of humor in it yeah um there's uh, not this is not a spoiler but if people don't want to get spoiled on things fast forward or whatever you do to a podcast yeah. on your phone there's, Go fix a sandwich. Yeah, there's a yeah, scene yeah. where these people, it, it takes place at a high school. Right. Um, are holed up in this classroom. And it's been, you know, some time since this zombie apocalypse has started in the middle of a school day, you know. Yeah. And there's right. zombies everywhere outside. And this guy, and I'm so happy he did it because I always wonder about this. He says, eventually we're going to have to start thinking about pooping. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I lost my shit, like, pardon the pun. I was yeah. dying because I'm like, yes, what happens? You got to go to the bathroom in a zombie apocalypse. At some point. And then he's like, well, I think if we have someone hold our hands, we could hang our butt out the window. And I'm yeah. like, they're seriously trying to figure it out. And I was dying, like, oh, my God. And that made me kind of think of you. So anyway, um, now I know why. Well, not that, I, not that I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. No, so see, every, every human being at some point in their life is put into a situation very unexpectedly where everything is just thrown out the window and you just have to get through. Figure out where you're gonna shit. You yeah. figure out where you're gonna shit. Yeah. There was yeah. There, there was just recently um, in one of the, the the snowstorms that we've had down here, um, traffic backed up on uh, 395 for like yeah, twenty people were like stuck for over a day. And the first thing yeah. we thought was the first thing we where's people pooping? What's where, going on? Right. <laughs> Is Tim Kaine from Virginia the representative pooping in a bucket? Yeah. Where's he, he pooping? Yeah, but I, I think like that's that's like go with me here, like perfect storytelling because like every every great story, every great player, movie, or musical, or whatever, um, uh, uh, throughout the whole history of time, every scene starts with people who enter a room expecting it to go a certain way, and it doesn't go that way. They go into that room and they are punched in the face with something unexpected, and you learn who a character really is when they're faced with the thing that they're not prepared for. What do they do? What's the priority? Who do they become when they are forced to sit in a car in the freezing cold on the 95 and they have to poop? Like, you know, that's when we learn who people are. And 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 sometimes the things that you do are really funny and sometimes the things are, you know, not so funny, but certainly like, you know, pooping in a zombie apocalypse is... <laughs> I mean, something just happened in our back studio. Lot. In a, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> something, something fell. Stephen can edit out all this noise. Hey, Eddie, that's Edgar Allan Pug you're, you're hearing. Hi, Edgar Allan Pug. Was it the trash can, Steve? He's checking out. Yeah, our two pugs are. Um, Lord Byron and, and Edgar Allan Pug. Hey, Eddie. Oh, that's fantastic. Mine so, is um, Broccoli Robin. Yours is Broccoli who? Broccoli Robin. I love it. And right, the, next, the, next, the next dog will be Tori Smelling. <laughs> what was it, Steve? It was a, it's a long story. It's fine. Nothing broke. It was just, we're having a big windstorm outside. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. So we're going to be kind we'll be coming back in five four, three, three two, two, edit your app. Okay. <laughs> Marshall, where's home for you now? Are you living on the East Coast? Um, yeah, we've been, We. Uh, I would say we're New Yorkers. We've been living in New Jersey since the start of the pandemic, um, like right away uh, that like third week in March, we were like, this is going to last a long time. And we were lucky enough to be able to get out of our lease in New York and been living in New Jersey. But um, uh our son will never know that he was born in, in New Jersey. Um, it's, it's like going to be our great family shame that we have a New Jersey child. Right. Right. And then like, there's going to be a movie about this kid who somehow puts the clues together. And I can, 
has to figure out and then has that conversation to say, am I, was I born in New Jersey? He'll, he'll confront me on the New Jersey transit. Like, you know, you knew dad, you knew, like I can see the scene right now when he finds out that I've been keeping it from him the whole time. (laughs) Hey, you know, I just, I just had a thought, uh, you probably already know this and maybe I'm wrong because you know, who knows what's true nowadays. I think humor might come from like a Latin meaning that somehow uh, embrace four different bodily fluids. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yellow, yellow bile, black bile, phlegm and blood. So in reality, to be humorous is sort of to be human. Whoa. And to sort of make fun of the human existence through yourself or with others, because the humor is actually a part of all four of our sort of living systems. Is that too deep? It, did you just think of that? Did you prepare that? That's really cool. I don't prepare anything. You don't prepare anything. I'm going to put no, that I, on the t Well, no, I did prepare just to read this paragraph at the end. Oh, was- yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think that that's that I, I I think that that's where the word comes from. I'm, you know, don't don't hold me to it. Um, but um, yeah, I think that there's that's a that's a beautiful sentiment. Well, and that's the reason when we really get humor, sometimes it does lead us from, uh, you know, laughter through tears because it can be so um so broad and so deep it's like the ocean it's like the water in the in the on the planet it's you know it's like 70 percent of us or whatever yeah yeah all right i want to go back to the people stuck in their cars and who need to poop yeah let's say more about that um i think i can see that on a stage like people sitting in chairs with like you know miming the uh, steering wheel and we hear the inner thoughts of all these people who are stuck um i just i'm i'm and there's a poop song. There's got to be a poop Wasn't song. Wasn't this already done in Bridesmaids? Mm. Oh, well, but 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 not on the highway. Well, yeah, she did shit on the highway. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Um, I, I had a friend. Do you remember back in the, uh, I don't know when it was, five, six years ago, when there was like a carnival cruise line that got stuck and then the, the plumbing system got backed up and then poop was coming out of the walls? Do you remember that story? How could I forget? It's a classic bedtime story. Um, I have a friend who is writing a musical about that, and I don't know if he's still working on it, but you know who you are if you're listening, and please pick it back up because it's genius. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's going to be a musical about pooping. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, it's not about the act itself, but it's certainly about, uh, it was you know, poop come out of the, came out of the walls on the cruise. I mean, what's not to love there? It sounds like a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it w- probably was for those people. Um, yeah, certainly not funny uh, at the time, but certainly is, very funny now. Well, this is not this is way off topic, but Ryan is here, and he can, can he can not confess he can attest that at one time I was going to do I was and this is when I knew I was going to be famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at Toby's Dinner Theater, I used to take these old paper towels that they were gonna, I don't know what they were there for, but they would stack them up and I would make little faces on them and I'd turn them into little puppets. And I started to do this thing with them. Well, then that led to me basically wanting to have a talk show called Talking Shit. Mm. Um, but you were being interviewed by like little Mr. Hankies. Yeah, great. The Christmas poo. You literally were talking to 
pieces of shit. Sure. Um, and I don't know. I'm thinking maybe we, we could uh, work on that, Stephen. Oh, Get my. one of them like some orange hair. Oh my God! Not with the orange hair. Uh, this is a great idea. This is you should let's 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 green light this. Let's make it happen. Um, Marshall, what has inspired you currently through a book or film? Um, okay, so uh, I read um, maybe this is actually three years ago. So this is a cheat, but. Um, the uh, Elena Ferrante books, the uh, Neapolitan Quartet, the first one's called My Brilliant Friend, um, and they made an HBO show. Uh, Brilliant of, show. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, I, I think, it, I don't know if they did more than two seasons, but um, it, it's, for those who haven't read it, it's it's the story of, uh, you know, two friends in Italy, and the, I think that they're born in the 60s, maybe, or, or 50s, um, and uh, it follows this friendship uh, that lasts decades you know five six uh decades um and 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 it actually kind of inspired a girl and a boy dance because i was i was so jealous of books that they could tell a story that lasted decades you know it's really it's really really hard to do that in in two and a half hours or less than two and a half hours without making your your theater piece feel like kind of a survey course, you know, this happened and then whatever, whatever, this happened, whatever, whatever, this happened. Um, and with a girl and a boy dance, my kind of challenge to myself was, can I tell a story that lasts three years? Um, and can I, can I dramatize every single change point in the lives of these two people and make it not feel like a survey course, make it feel like one continuous, beautiful, inevitable two and a half hour tale. Um, uh, Cause I felt like I'd never seen that on stage before. Um, and so I was really inspired um, by that. Um, and right now I'm reading the book, um, I think it's called Empire of Pain. It's about the Sacklers, the family behind Oxycontin. Um, uh, and, um, and how they, you know, kind of caused and profited from the opioid, uh, epidemic. And I'm, I'm finding that, that read like absolutely, um, fascinating and beautiful. And like, I love and hate these characters, uh, so much. I think the author is doing a really great job. So that's book. What about film? Mm. Or you already did film. Did I do no, you film? did two books. You did two books. I did two books. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what's a movie that inspired me? Um, uh, I'm going to be basic. I'm going to be basic, and I'm going to go with Spider-Man. And hear me out. Did, you, did y'all see it? No. no oh. Yes. I just thought it was perfect. I just thought it was perfect. I think, I think that, like, those Marvel movies are really, really good at the, like, laugh, laugh, cry, laugh, laugh, think, laugh, laugh, punch. Um, they have a really, really good rhythm, like their fight choreography to how they um, pace story and um, very, you know, the emotional responses they're trying to evoke. And um, I had a, a really great time. That's actually the, the, yeah, the first movie I saw in a theater and like, you know, since the pandemic started. Um, that's my basic answer for you. That's that's I I didn't see it for no reason other than, 
yeah, I don't really have a good. Re- well, I haven't seen the only movie I've seen in a theater was Quiet a Quiet Place Two. Yeah, because Ryan went with me. Um, oh, I saw that one too in the theaters. I lied to you. Yeah, that was good too. Um, and just because I had to, um, of course. Uh, and then you saw West Side Story. Oh, that's true. God, I'm a liar. I saw West Side Story. I just wrote W S S on a piece of paper. It seemed mm. like I was nuts. What's because mm. out of context, I was W S S stands. Are you for calling me a wuss? What should skate? What <laughs> what what should skate is the what? real question that we no, should answer. Who should skate? Well, we know who shouldn't, but that's that's a. Mm. Have you been watching the the Olympics, Marshall? I have been in and out. I've been in and out. It's yeah. not my thing. Tell me about it. No. Uh, so, would you think maybe you would turn uh, the Baghdad uh, Baghdadi show into maybe a film? There was a period of time where we were talking about making a movie out of it. Um, I think it would be. Yeah, I think it would be good. I think it would be good. I see. I see what it looks like. Um, I think that it is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it'd be good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's strange because that was, of course, so scandalous and so crazy. And then we've lived through the past five years and it I seems know. trite. I know. I it, know. Feels, it feels like, okay. It feels like, yeah, but he was a decent guy. You know, I, I don't know. We, we, we thought that when, when we did Baghdadi Off-Broadway for the second time, that was, I guess, Trump had been in office for months, a uh, couple months. Um, and we're like, who cares? Who's going to care about this story um, uh, when, uh, you know, when this person who has, you know, obviously like, and, 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 and this administration that has just no regard for the truth at all, blatantly, proudly just lying. Um, but I think, I think it still worked. It, it felt like a, it felt like a period piece. Yeah. Um, uh, which it is, which it is. It, it's, it's about uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, I, it's it's hard to believe in and of yeah. itself. Um, the uh, it, just one last thing I forgot to get on boy uh, and a girl dance. So yeah. this is is this is this your first original uh, musical like that you came up with everything yourself as far as the story? Um, no, uh, Gomer, Gomer, the one that that's inspired, you know, by the 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 guy in World War One. Um, other than like a sentence or two of um, of uh, of kind of a, a jumping off point from history, that's I mean that's basically historical fiction. Like that's that story is my invention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know. There must be there must be others. Um, it just felt to me. Oh my god, Loch Ness! I have a musical called uh, about the Loch Ness monster. That's uh, that's yeah, that's that's an original story. But that, but that's the stuff that compels me. Like I like though the first couple of things that I did that kind of you know started me in in theater were like basically uh, uh, you know a Mario and Jurassic Park from unusual perspectives with an unique point of view, but using something else established as a launching point, like. Um, that felt like a launching point for me personally, you know, and, and I think that when I was, you know, 22 and 23, like, uh, you know, I think I was a smart guy and a good guy, but I don't think that I had a lot of interesting things to say. Like, I don't know if I actually had a point of view on anything until I was 31. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I loved my stuff back then, but I really like my stuff now. 
it it felt just so much uh watching it like it was it was just you personified in a show um that's that's why i asked it just it felt so organically you oh thanks um, do you play the piano and the guitar um i play the piano fine um i play the guitar uh, a little bit less than fine um i have a a very good understanding of music theory, but it takes a long time for that to make its way to my fingers. Aha. So, so I know that you're working on uh, the other show first, but like, what, what, are, what are you, what do you have to do? You have this great idea for the show that you're working on. What is like, you've done this wonderful um, workshop presentation. What, what are your like next steps? If you can kind of speak to that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't super know. I have to, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to finish it. It's a, it's still, it's still in the oven. Um, and I want to, you know, I want to get it right. Um, uh, so I don't, I don't want to rush it. Um, but, you know, you, you want to, um, you want to test the material, um, you know, by doing, uh, and I've done some of those like uh, uh, reading and workshop type things. And then um, you put it in front of people who you've built relationships with uh, who are, maybe like run theaters or artistic directors or literary managers at theaters or commercial producers. Um, and, and, uh, and when it's ready, you put it in front of, of those people and kind of get their feedback. And, and hopefully, you know, one or a couple people say like, I want to champion this. I want to be a part of this. And then, and then you're kind of off to the races and the race can be a really short one. You can finish it in, you know, six months and then it's done or it can take, six years it can take 16 years um uh a lot of that i mean you guys know uh the 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 journey is is uh is arduous but um uh uh you know sometimes you 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 get it done yeah yeah I, well is, is, I, that a, is that a non-answer is that a non-answer answer for you is that like no nonsense? i mean i i know all that i just wanted that for our listeners to kind of understand because i know i'm gonna get emails saying well where can i see the show where is the show um so that that presentation i think that that's online i think it's just like online for people to watch i could be wrong about that um, um i'll send it to you i think it's just online the, the like 30 minute thing that we did on zoom i think it's really good i worked so freaking hard on it because it's all it's all edited and um it took me a month to to edit that that video together to make it feel dynamic and exciting and not make it feel like a boring um um zoom thing so i think it's a good representation of what the show is absolutely absolutely well um where else can people find you um marshall or uh, your platforms and whatnot, whatnot? um I, I mean, I have a website. It's marshallpaylet.com, and I uh, update it um, extremely regularly. By that, I mean like once a year. But I'll be, I'll get better about it because of y'all. Um, and uh, and then I think that like, you know, for the past two years, I've been in a place where I've just been like creating and creating and creating and creating and getting ready, um, and uh, um, getting ready for this pandemic to be over. And and now that it's over, I'm gonna be you know, hopefully these things I've been working on are going to uh, start getting out there in the world more. So I'll, at that point, I'll be more active on like Instagram and Twitter, but I'm, I'm not really at the moment. Um, I'm focused on writing and I'm focused on uh, family, but um, 
uh, yeah, so that I got a website and then, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll see one of these shows uh, somewhere near you at some point. Awesome. Well, much love to your family. Uh, yes. To y'all too. Thanks so much for having me. I, 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 I uh, I'm glad I did the squats. I needed the squats cause you know, yeah. Y'all yeah, worked me out. No, this was great. I really, really, really appreciate being being on the show. This was this was our uh, mental squat. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Look. You you constantly inspire us with your your artistry and your sense of humor and your kindness. And so we're we're really happy you came and joined us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. I really, really appreciate this. And um, you know, keep making good shows. I I love listening. All right. Thanks a lot, Marshall. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. I'll take care. Thanks so much for spending time with us, Marshall. We loved that. Um, and we're going to put so many... I feel like we're brothers. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're brothers and we sort of need a reunion. Absolutely. Uh, 100% would love that to happen. Um, and I just... I'm always so inspired by all of your projects and like... And you're so fearless at every idea. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh. Everybody gets eaten by sharks. Everybody gets eaten, which I think is true. Yeah. I mean, in certain uh, seaside communities, perhaps. That's like a zombie thing. Yeah. Huh. All right, Marshall, we will be in touch and we'll put bunches of links to things that you've done in the description because everyone should check them out. They are hysterical or poignant or all of the above, just love your work all right if you want to know more about us please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com that's connor with an er you can find us on facebook and tiktok under connor and smith again with an er please rate review subscribe to this podcast it really helps us out a lot share it with your friends put it put it in your uh chain letter do they still do those um put it in your um anywhere you put things we we'd love to have you put share. it in the chat put it in the chat um we're about to end season four and move on in march to season five to um season five back to the hive our alma mater is shenandoah university of winchester virginia oh i like that season five uh, back, back to, to the, the hive. hive yeah because we our mascot was a hornet Bzzz. yeah so we're going back to the hive um in season five and so we're going to talk to a lot of our alum um where they are some of them most of them we have not talked to in decades their their travels have taken them out other places some are still in the industry some are not some are using the skills they learned in their lives now or in their parenting uh really it was just to kind of take a snapshot of our our alum and where they are and the everyone's transformation everyone's wonderful journey um so I hope you'll stick with us uh, to learn about some amazing artists peppered throughout the country who are all doing amazing work um, that we are very proud of and supportive of. So that's season five coming to you very soon. This is the last uh, weekend. It's going to be a little bit of a irregular release schedule. Usually I would have had shows up, um, you know, Wednesday and Thursday. This is going to come out late Thursday night, but, uh, it, it, we had some scheduling issues and stuff. So we're going to have uh, a couple more episodes this weekend, but we will probably have like a, 
Monday release, or Monday evening, or late Monday evening release. Anyway, you don't want to hear how the sausage is made. You just like the sausage. So um, we will be uh, back to you tomorrow with uh, something else. And if not tomorrow, then the day after. We'll get to it. It's it's a little weird wrapping this, this uh, season. So weird in a very wonderful way. Um, so <laughs> I think I've said too much. Can you do like the ending sound of Mario for Marshall? Like what happens at bup, the end? Bup. Yeah, it just kind of fizzles out. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right, we will see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.